what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Home Roasting Pro Podcast. Roast coffee like a pro in your home. I'm your host, Jonathan Gladys, and I am excited for uh, the the episode we've got for you today. Uh, We have an interview for you with a professional roaster. His name's Aaron Miller, and he uh, owns the roasting company uh, 1562 Roastery um, out of Pennsylvania. And so uh, we talked today about the subject of how to develop a roasting profile. So maybe as a home roaster, you, you've tried to, you, maybe you've struggled with that. Say you get um, a couple pounds of a, a new green coffee and you're trying to figure out, hey, how do I get the most of this coffee? And so uh, I think you'll really love this episode with Aaron. Also, uh, we have our, our green bean review segment at the end, um, and we're reviewing some, some Ethiopia natural coffee from Dean's Beans, and uh, you'll love that section as well at the end. Awesome. Well, t- today on the show, I have a, a very special guest with us. Uh, his name is Aaron, and he is a professional coffee roaster, and so uh, it's just an honor to have you on the show. And so tell tell us about kind of how you got started in coffee roasting and tell us about your company, uh, just some stuff like that. Yeah, so this is Aaron Miller, and my company is 1562 Roastery. Uh, we're a small coffee roasting company in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, so we got started uh, several years ago. So I started out as a home roaster. I used a, a hot top for uh, a few years, roasting on that just for myself, family, friends, um, that sort of thing, like like most home roasters out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was getting to be a lot. I was you know, doing a lot for Christmas gifts um, and everybody that asked. So it was kind of kind of getting to be a little too much on my little um, half pound, little hot one top. pound. <laughs> hot top <laughs> yeah so it was you know spending way too many hours after after one day roasting for like 12 hours straight on you wow. know for, for christmas gifts crazy. it was getting to be a little too much so Insane. so i decided to to buy a bigger roaster and was you know looking for for one out there um and found a a local coffee shop um that was getting rid of theirs and getting a bigger one so um she had it sitting at, at her place for a little while as, you know, she got a bigger one um, and bought it from her. So she went and picked it up and been using that one ever since. So it's worked out pretty well. Um, it's found me right now. I'm using an Ambex YM2, so a two-kilogram roaster. So not huge, um, you know, for most professional big-time roasters out there. It's, it's around, what, you know, five pounds small, maybe? But, you know. Yeah, so I can well no, I can do about two to three pounds. Oh wow. <laughs> so so no a little bigger than, than I was using, but not still not huge. You know, not huge. Yeah. Um but but I'm pretty small, so it's it works out well for for my size. Yeah. Um but just put more time on to, on it instead of, you know, having a bigger roaster. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, a little more, a little more time in front of the roaster instead of, uh, you know, a seven or eight kilograms or something like that, yeah. but, uh, got a good deal on it. So it helps to, <laughs> to find good deals. Um, so, and it's worked pretty well for, I don't know, I've had it for six or seven years now. So wow. works pretty well and I haven't had too many major issues with it. So that's been nice. 
So now, is this something you do on the side, or is this your your main job? So I do this on the side. It's mostly for fun. Um, little little spending money. A little, you know, something, some, another hobby to do. Yeah. So I haven't have another full time job, and then do this on you know a couple of days a week around the weekends. Um, so it's not not full time, which is kind of why I have a smaller roaster instead of you know, a huge investment mm-hmm. into a, a larger roaster. Um, but for the, for the size and how much I kind of want to do, I want to keep it small. So I don't, you know, I want to do something bigger than a home roasting kind of, but I, I don't want to go full time with it. So I don't want to, didn't want a huge investment into yeah. it. So I want to, want to keep it small. So I, I, I love doing it. I love, you know, playing with first profiles and dialing in different copies and kind of seeing what I can, what I could make with it. So I wanted to, kind of keep that fun and excitement so wanted it to stay small and just just enjoy it just have fun with it and not try to make it a full-time business and all the hassles that come with that so so trying to kind of just keep it keep it fun yeah so what kind of volume on a weekly basis do you put out you know how many pounds a week are you providing for people roughly uh so I, i was doing about about 50 to 60 pounds is it was kind of my Max. Wow, it's a lot. So for especially for a three for pound roaster, <laughs> for for doing two to two to three pounds at a yeah, time, it's it's a lot. It's still a, a decent amount of hours, um, you know, in front of the roaster. But yeah, but yeah, it's so there's always talk of getting a bigger one, but uh, right now it's size works out well. Yeah. So what are your main uh, clients? Are you just like personal, like people, or is it coffee shops? Uh, offices, companies. What what are some of your main, you know, clients? So I was in a was in a um, cafe in a restaurant for a while. A couple cafes in a restaurant. Um, I I kind of slowed down a little bit. I'm just getting getting a little busy with it. So um, I was doing that for a while. Um, I've kind of stopped doing that. Um, so right now I supplying a couple bike shops with some coffee at church, um, and mostly online sales or just, you know, people asking, local people asking. So I have slowed down a little bit recently, um, but mostly, mostly a lot more local or online sales right now. Now I somehow find, I found you online somehow. I'm not even sure how. And I, uh, (laughs) I ordered some of your coffee. It was probably like a year ago, but, uh, I'm a huge Artie fan. So when I found out you had Artie, I, I needed to get some of that. So I had, I had some of your Artie and, (laughs) Um, it was it was great, man. It was really really good. So awesome. Um, well, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. I love. I'm a big fan of Ethiopian coffees, all things Ethiopian. Sure. So that's definitely something I will always have because I've yeah, I'm a big fan of that. So I, I right now I have an Ethiopian and a Burundi. Um, those are my two Africans, and the Ethiopian I I always get from Kefa Coffee. Right. They're it's like Artie, right? A pretty big supplier um, of Ethiopian coffees yeah. and. They're located in Baltimore, so it's relatively close to me. Mm-hmm. So, and the owners are really nice, and it's yeah, it's a great little company to get good Ethiopians from. Yeah. Um, they don't do home roasting size; it's you know all full bags. Yeah. So, no, I've 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 been um, able to get my hand on some Artie, but it's been through okay. another. There's a uh, a roaster in Morgantown I'm friends with, and I'll, I'll go up to his place and say, "Yo, can I buy four pounds off you?" <laughs> so that's that's how I do that. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. yeah, there's they're definitely big fans of them. So I yeah, either naturals, Ethiopians, they're all 
all fun to work with and um, just flavor profiles you get from Ethiopians that you don't get from, you know, most other regions, which is, which is always fun to, to learn yeah. and drink and enjoy and, and play with. Awesome. And that kind of gets us into maybe the topic we'll focus on today, which is, um, and by the way, I know it, it seems like, and this is only our seventh episode, but uh, of all the episodes we've done, by far the people's favorite episode has been when we've interviewed uh, roasters before. So uh, I think this will be okay. a, a topic that uh, the listeners will just absolutely love. But we want to talk today about how to develop a roast profile. And so, um, you know, say you just uh, you, you got for a home roaster, maybe you just got five pounds of a new coffee. Maybe for someone like you, Aaron, you got, you know, a burlap mm-hmm. of, you know, 130 pounds of a coffee. Um, let's talk about, you know, where do you start with that? You know, so you have, you have a brand new coffee. You're trying to determine how, how am I going to roast this? Where's the sweet spot for this coffee? Um, where do you, where do you typically start with developing kind of a roast profile for, for a coffee? So the, I, I think the best thing to do is just is get experience. So roast as many different coffees as you can. Um, because I I typically like to pull from uh, my my experience with roasting different coffees. So all of my my roasters hooked up to my computer, and I use Artisan software uh, to track everything. So all my pro, pro, profiles and different co- coffees I've ever done are stored there. So I typically pull up something either the last time I roasted a similar coffee, or I try to find something that would be. Um, most similar to that. So if I'm doing a, you know, washed Ethiopian, then I'll pull up probably something I did before, another washed Ethiopian, um, and try to at least start with, with that type of profile. If it's a, I don't know, a, a Brazil, I'll try to pull up, try to find either if I've done a Brazil before or some other um, region that would be similar, some other South American, you know, that would kind of probably have a similar profile as far as roasting goes. Um, so at least start there for the first batch um, and try to try to follow that just to get an idea of what the coffee is like. So so once I follow that, I'll cup it, I'll drink it every way possible, you know, make it as espresso, use a pour over, try it in a bona vita, whatever, whatever different options there are um, for making it and kind of see what that coffee is like, uh, what kind of flavors it has, and then go back to look at the profile and figure out, okay, well, I think I think I want to accentuate this a little more, this profile, this flavor. Um, maybe it's not as acidic as I want it to be, and then kind of adjust that initial profile um, to optimize different flavors and um, whatever else I want to kind of highlight in that coffee. So. So using a starting point of something similar is at least the fastest. Um, you could start from scratch if you wanted to, but you know you might go through several batches to try to figure it out. So, so starting with something you've, that you've done before that would be similar is probably the best, at least the fastest, and then try to optimize it. So Do you, now, usually it should take several, probably several roasts, depending on maybe how different it is from something you've done before. Yeah to really get that dialed in and like it to where you do. So do you still use your hot top almost like as a sample roaster? I do not. I sold that. Oh, okay. 
So you, you strictly so just use I your... I had that, raced it on that for a couple of years um, and then sold it to another local guy who wanted to get into roasting and haven't seen it since. Gotcha. So I I use my, my big roaster as a sample roaster if I can. Um, throw a few ounces in there and um, it's a little hard. Definitely not easy to um, roast such a small amount on a larger roaster, but at least enough to get an idea if you like the coffee and then... Um, so that I, I guess I do that more for like purchasing and then seeing if I like the coffee before I buy several sure, bags. Sure. Uh, but as far as dialing in the roast, I would probably do a smaller batch, but not like a sample roast size yeah. batch. So I'm still, you know, throwing a pounder, maybe a pound and a half or so, something mm-hmm. like that in there. Gotcha. Um, and so, I'm, you know, wasting a little more maybe, but I still like to try to replicate that that final profile as far as the quantity because it's you know the roaster acts a little different if you put in six ounces than it does three pounds sure. so so that i don't have to try to change the the final profile from what i find if i only do a sample i like to get somewhere close to a full batch um i you know just waste a little more coffee in the beginning but it makes it a little, a little easier once i find a profile like that i can just I can replicate that right away without trying to then dial that into a full size quantity batch uh, profile and you know go from there. So now, do you typically start with just one? Say you get a washed Ethiopia, like you just said. Say do you do you typically just start with one generic profile and then go from there, or do you start out roasting? Say uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna roast it three different ways, cup it all at the same time, and try to compare and contrast. Um, what what where do you? typically do just start with one roast or do a couple roasts and compare them all at once so it probably depends on how much time i have (laughs) to be honest um so if if i have plenty of time i'll yeah i'll throw a few batches in and you know do three or four right away um if i just take my time and do one batch at a time then you know cup that and do another one the next week and um you know it might take a month to get through several batches but just take a little longer. So it kind of depends on how quickly I want to get that coffee out and how much of a, of a hurry I'm in, I'm in to, to kind of come to a, a final profile yeah. um, and get it ready for everybody. So, so probably time, but um, if I have the time, then yeah, I'll throw a few, throw a few, bat- few batches in and an hour later be done, you know, after a few batches and cup all those and try to figure out which one's the closest um, and then see if I want to, tweak that anymore um and then you know just a profile and probably do probably still do a few more batches mm-hmm. uh, before i would i guess consider that finished and and ready you know and to a point where i like it uh, but it yeah it usually takes a few few batches just to make sure that's something that i like yeah. uh, do you- but i'd like to like to try it a few different ways so once i kind of get a profile like i'd like to definitely make it definitely brew it a few different ways and make it as espresso. Okay. Um, you know, try to try to replicate what other people would do with my coffee and not just cup it. Cause most people don't drink the coffee as sure. cupped. So right. yeah, for sure. Try to try to find it a few different ways. Now, when you do, when you're, you're brewing it different ways, do you have some type of uh, like a system to it, a scale? Do you whip out, you know, like cupping papers or score sheets or anything, or is it <laughs> more just kind of like taste and, and kind of take some notes or something. Uh, well, I definitely have a have a system to to make, and I'm pretty 
pretty exact when I make my coffee. I, I use a scale. I have a, a little acacia scale. Um, and everything's weighed, and I put it in my the grinder I, I use is a UK43. So I um, that's that's what I'm using to to weigh and grind, and then making it and pour over stuff. I either have a, a V60 or a, a Wave um, or a, a Phoenix, and use that, use a couple of different of those, um, or and then dial that in as espresso as well to try it, but. Yeah, everything is definitely very exact as far as making coffee. Everything's weighed out and, you know, thermometer on my water kettle to make sure it's at the right temperature and very exact in doing that. And then, you know, cupping it as I drink it um, and then figuring out what I need to change. And maybe I make a few cups of coffee at different temperatures just to see how those flavors change as I'm drinking it and different, you know, what what different flavors come out at different temperatures and maybe even different pour rates just to kind of play around with it and, and see what the, what the coffee can do and then kind of make decisions on that of, okay, maybe I want to extend, you know, that time, spend the whole roast time or, or I need to shorten it. Do I need to, you know, extend that time after first crack or kind of what, how did, what's that coffee saying that needs to, how, how do I need to change that profile to, to make it a little better? Yeah. So say you, you have a coffee and you, you're, you're cupping it, you're drinking it, you're making shots of it and everything. And you say, Hey, you know, I like, um, I like some of the, the acidity I'm getting. I want to accentuate that. What would be some of the things you're going to do? Are you going to try to extend that, that Maillard phase? Are you going to try to extend uh, your development time, reduce your development time, uh, what are some things you'd say, hey, I want to accentuate some kind of, you know, the finish on this cup um, or something like that? Maybe just walk us through what goes through your mind when you think something like that. Yeah, so I guess it, it, it kind of depends on what what we're looking to change. So if I'm looking to, you know, make it more acidic, if, um, if I really want to make that a, a bright cup, um, sh- shorten the overall roast time. So if I'm at maybe 12 and a half minutes, maybe I shorten that down to 12. Uh, the overall roast time, well, that should make it a little more acidic. Um, also, lower that, lower the, the drop temp, the, the the time between first crack and when you drop it. So, if I was at maybe three minutes before, maybe I shorten that to two minutes or two and a half, um, depending on you know how big of a change I want to make, or maybe I try both ways. Um, so, yeah, there's a few different ways depending on I guess what you know what kind of flavor, what kind of um, attribute of that coffee you want to change. So, um, so yeah, it kind of depends, but yeah, for acidity, it typically like to shorten the roast, uh, and make it a little, little brighter, might make it, might bring a little more of that fruit out as well, uh, with that, that shorter roast time. And depending on, I guess, how, how long I, I had the roast in there after the first crack starts. So I might adjust that time as well, probably shorten that, or at least make, maybe make the, the ramp a little steeper um, after first crack to the to the end to bring out that acidity a little more. But if I'm, you know, if I think it should be sweeter, maybe I'm extending the the overall roast, making a little longer, and going a little closer to second crack, or at least um, you know farther past first to to bring out the the sweetness and the um, juiciness of that coffee a little bit. So so depending on um, 
you know, so what kind of property I'm looking to, to change, I'll adjust different different phases of that risk profile. Yeah, um, I know a, a book that I've I've read that I believe most coffee roasters have probably read, but the uh, the book the book by uh, Rob Hoos, I guess is his name, um, the mod- modulating the flavor profile of coffee. So have you read that one? Um, I know it, but I have not read it. Yeah. And that one, it's a good read. He talks about uh, just how to, you know, you know, changing. We talked about this in a previous episode, but how changing the different phases in your roasting can kind of articulate some of your flavors and, and stuff like that. But um, it's it's a good read for anyone out there. We've already, I think, a couple episodes ago we mentioned it. But um, if you're just joining the podcast, it's a good it's a good resource. Uh, it's probably I think you can maybe even find it on on Amazon. Maybe I think I bought it off like Mill City Roasters or something like that. Um, but uh, that's yeah, I've I've heard that's a good book, and I know uh, Scott Rayo has a has a couple good books out there. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so he would have some options, and yeah, the they're definitely very good um, books to read and get ideas of how how to change and what what changing different um, areas of the roast pile style will change your coffee. Yeah. Um, the hard part is every roaster is different, so you get you get ideas, but until you actually do it on your roaster, it might you might have to change some slightly different things, or you know, kind of take those concepts and then right. apply that to your roaster. And right, like for me, I'm roasting yeah. on like a a little home roaster, you know, fresh roast seven hundred um, with mm-hmm. open roast. So you know, like a lot of that stuff like a big drum roaster doesn't translate to some of the stuff I do, you know, but I try to just uh, take what I can and experiment and see what changes, you know, what, what, how it affects it. Um, because, you know, like on a, on a little roaster like that, sometimes that first crack process can be pretty quick um, probably compared to, you know, since, since it's such a small batch and stuff, it's so quick compared to right. a lot of those big drum roasters and stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm All right. So you'll have to find ways to, to like cool that roast, um, to, to extend, extenuate that and to, to draw out that, that first crack a little bit. Whereas on the larger roaster, it's, you know, done a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or like, like on the Baymore to, to cool the roast, a lot of people open the door a little bit to, um, you know, get some of the heat awake. So there's no way to really yeah. cool it real fast. So we're yank it out altogether yeah, every, and dump it in the colander. I know. <laughs> right. <do> that. <laughs> Right. So it's, yeah, it's, it's all about experience and then just learning how your roaster works and every, every little roaster is going to have its own quirks and just have to figure out how to, how to adjust it to, to get the flavors you want. And then just, yeah, it comes with lots of experience, just roasting as much as possible (laughs) is the the key to figuring out and roast it and cup it, then roast it again and change things and cup that and yeah, just. And I'm, I'm a big believer. Keep the process as much as possible. Yeah, ever since one of the first episodes I did, I'm a big believer in, especially for homeowners, is making sure they're buying enough green coffee to experiment. I think a lot of times people buy, oh, you know, I got a small roaster, so I'll just buy one pound of this coffee and one pound of that coffee and one pound of this coffee. But like, there's no way you can, you know, really experiment and, and get a, a roast profile when you have one pound. <laughs> and that's why I, you know, I recommend people, hey, you know, buy at least three, four, five pounds of something so you can really start yeah, to dial a, it in. That's definitely a good idea. Definitely a good point because if, until you really know all the, all the tricks and how to dial everything in real quickly, it's 
probably easiest to roast the same coffee for a while and then make all those changes. Because yeah. if you if you're out after two batches and you're on to something else, you you don't really have a way to to learn how different changes affect your cupping, affect your coffee. So if you you might get tired of that coffee, but you'll learn the roasting part of it faster. Now, do you would you say that every coffee is different? Or would you say that, say, you know, there's a couple different washed Ethiopias. I mean, um, would you say that, you know, you have to treat each of those coffees differently? Or do you say, hey, they're all they're all similar, so they kind of get the same treatments? What are, what's your opinion on that? So they're definitely very similar, but different at the same time. So every if I get a washed Ethiopian every year from the same region, they're all they're going to be every year is going to be different. Um, so you know the bags I buy for one year, they should all be the same, but they won't necessarily be exactly the same next year. So as from my you know starting point when I'm roasting it, I'll pull up a profile I did for that coffee last year, but I'll still want to tweak it. So maybe this year's lot had different different rainfall, different temperature. Um, so that's going to affect the coffee a little different. Maybe it's not as acidic. Maybe it's a little, I don't know, more plain, um, even though it's from the same region. It could just, it really depends on the weather. So it's, yeah, you might start with the same profile. That's usually what I do just because I have a starting point from that, but I'll still have to tweak that, tweak the profile a little bit to try to dial in the new coffee and new lot. But, um, if, if you buy the same coffee, at least I have the starting point, but the final product is definitely going to taste different. Yeah. Now, um, I've always wondered, I, I don't even know the answer to this, but, um, you know, a lot of times you buy coffee, especially if you're buying a bigger, a bigger batch of coffee or something, um, they'll t- typically tell you the percentage of moisture. Um, is that, what, what, how does that affect maybe how you approach that coffee? Say you get one coffee and it's, you know, 13% moisture content or one that's 15 or 12. Um, is that a number that you look at? Is that a number that would change maybe your roast? Uh, is that, just tell me what goes through your mind when you look at, you know, percentage of moisture or something in a new coffee you get. Yeah, it's not a number I pay too close of attention to. I mean, I do see there's, you get a lot of numbers when you buy different coffees because they want to tell you everything about it, which is great. Um, but I, I don't necessarily pay a lot of attention to it when I start roasting. Um, it'll, there's definitely different parameters that will affect, um, how much heat, for instance, you might give a roast, like your charge temp might be different, um, for a coffee that has higher moisture compared to lower moisture. Um, and most, and that's also has to do with like the density of the coffee. So a denser higher elevation grown coffee will be able to, you know, withhold or withstand maybe a higher heat, higher charge temp than a, a lower grade or a lower grown elevation wise coffee with um, a higher moisture. So it's, there is some, there's definitely some information, you know, some, some useful information in those numbers, but um, I, I don't necessarily think you have to pay attention to, you know, 11% or 12% difference and at least from a starting point, um, roasting differently, but, but yeah, like, so, so the, the density and the, 
the moisture content will definitely affect a cock and how you roast it. But I, I don't necessarily pay too close attention to those numbers. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, some of those things are just, uh, especially as a home roaster, I'm just starting to realize, Hey, there's more numbers out there than just, you know, what it's cup <laughs> oh, score there's, was. There's or, an overflow you know, of numbers. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> overwhelming. I, I bought my first kind of like large batch cause just kind of like you, I'm starting to, um, um, you know, sell to friends and a couple different small mm-hmm. companies and stuff. So like, you know what? I should get a bigger batch. So I bought like a pretty big batch of coffee. And, uh, you know, you get this fact sheet and, and all these things, and it's pretty overwhelming. So, um, yeah, it's just good stuff to maybe, if you've never, maybe you're home roasting and you've never paid attention to those numbers, maybe just glance at them and, and just, uh, you know, just start to get used to maybe knowing, hey, what's, you know, is this a high-grown coffee, low-grown coffee? What's my moisture percentage? And not that that stuff, like we just said, makes a huge difference, but uh, maybe that's just something for you. Maybe the next thing you can do in your coffee roasting journey is just start to pay attention to some of those numbers and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's good to pay attention to. And at least when you're cupping a coffee and you're like, Oh, I really like this coffee. And then you get to buy something else and you can, I guess before you buy it and see, Oh, these numbers are very similar to what I have. So maybe the, the flavor profile will be somewhat similar. Um, or if you're looking at numbers that are exactly the opposite and you've, you know, had some experience with that before and say, I really don't like that. then that also might kind of help guide some of that. Awesome. Well, Aaron, um, this has been awesome. I think uh, this is something that, uh, you know, I just, I love getting to sit and talk with, with roasters that have been doing this for a while and are now doing it on a, on a more professional level beyond just, you know, doing it in, you know, home roasting. So um, how can, uh, how can viewers or listeners, I guess, <laughs> um, keep up with you? I guess they can follow you on Instagram. What, what are some ways that they can uh, you know, maybe reach out to you or, or buy some of your coffee or something like that? Yeah, definitely. So I'm on all the all the social media platforms, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can find me at 1562Roastery for all those. Uh, my email is Aaron at 1562Roastery.com. So, yeah, lots of different ways to What's your, find you have a website doing to buy it off of, or how does that work? And the website is 1562Roastery.com. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, so go go check so out some of these coffee. Buy some stuff there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can attest. I bought some yours, and it's it's delicious. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for your time, and um, and uh, go reach out to him, guys. Well, guys, I really hope you enjoyed uh, my interview with Aaron Miller from Fifteen Sixty Two Roastery. Uh, super nice guy, and uh, thankful that he just took took some time to talk with us. And um, so, hope you got a lot out of that. But before we wrap up. Today, we are going to do our green bean review segment of our podcast where we take some green beans, and uh, I roast them up, and I tell you um, kind of just an analysis of the bean. So today, uh, the bean I'm going to review is from the website called Dean's Beans, and uh, relatively maybe not not quite as huge of a name as, say, Sweet Maria's uh, or some of those companies, but um, I got to tell you, I was very impressed with... Uh, the quality of their their packaging and and branding. They it was cool when they sent me the coffee. They sent me a couple of these uh, stickers, and all their coffee's organic and stuff like that. So uh, really impressed with just the professional uh, level from Dean's Beans. And uh, so they sent me these beans, natural Ethiopia Sadama bean, 
and uh, I'm a sucker for Ethiopian naturals, <laughs> so I love those. And uh, so the price point I think on this bean was five eighty five a pound, which to me is a, just a, a kind of a right in that sweet spot for prices when it comes to buying green coffee. Um, and I got to say, man, especially for the the price, you're talking you know under six dollars a pound. This coffee is phenomenal. Um, I roasted it up a few different ways, and uh, I got to tell you, I, I let it rest for probably three or four days and tried a couple different batches, and especially one batch uh, I did. I, I took it about, uh, on my Fresh Roast SR700, I took it about a minute and 20 or a minute and 10 past the start of rolling first crack. So, you know, especially on these natural Ethiopians, you don't want to overcook them, so I did it pretty light. But uh, So I let it rest for about three or four days and uh, just made some cups of it. And especially the one roast that I did, I, it was had an intense aroma of like Concord grape and blueberry, and had a had a tremendous front uh, sweetness to it and fruitiness to it. If if I would say one thing, I wish it maybe had a better finish, but I could also blame my roasting on that. Um, the finish was could could have been more sweet, uh, but the front of it definitely was kind of uh, had plenty of that grape grapey uh, blueberry. Um, just sweetness and, and fruitiness to it. So I felt like it was a pretty easy bean to roast. Sometimes the natural Ethiopias are hard, but this one, you know, I, I didn't, I just kind of did my uh, my typical uh, natural Ethiopia kind of profile on it and, it, and it came out pretty, pretty good. So uh, overall, I would say, first of all, I'm very impressed with Dean, Dean's Beans. If you haven't heard of them, uh, I'll put a link to their website and even to this very bean uh, in the show notes um, of this this podcast, so you can you can go to their their website, and I'll, I'll say just from looking on their website, man, all their beans are very reasonably priced. Um, I really don't think anything's over six dollars a pound. Maybe I, I'm wrong, but um, from my from my understanding on their website, they had really really good prices on beans, and especially this one they sent me this this natural Ethiopia, uh, great great bean for the price. Um, check out Dean's Beans, um, very professional company. Um, especially if you you haven't had anything from them before, I'd highly recommend it. Hey, as we're wrapping up today, one thing you could do that would really really help us uh, get the word out and get this podcast more more visibility is if you could leave a review or rate and or rate this uh, this podcast. It's super super simple. It would take you thirty seconds. Um, you can literally just tap um, tap the five stars if you go to our podcast, and you can tap just tap five stars, and um, there's a little there's a little button to write a review and. And even if you say, hey, you know, stuff that you, you learned, stuff that you, you enjoyed from the podcast, that would be awesome for us to help us um, get the word out. So if someone, uh, someone's searching, um, like like I was, you know, even a couple months ago, you know, if someone like me was searching on podcast app trying to find uh, a podcast on home roasting, that ours would pop up and it would be easy for them to find uh, so they can they can learn and grow with us. So make sure you do that. And then also uh, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. We will put out two episodes a month. And uh, if you subscribe, then uh, those episodes will automatically pop up in your podcasting app and you won't miss one of those episodes. And also you can follow us on Instagram at Home Roasting Pro. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been the Home Roasting Pro Podcast. I can't wait to see you next time.